0: Welcome to the Light Shine Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Organizing Pastor Rob Douglas, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to our weekly message. Will you join me in a word of prayer? God, meet us here in word and in spirit. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear that you're a God that does not tolerate oppressors, but instead chooses to raise up leaders who are courageous enough to join your transforming work in this world. May we be courageous enough to join in that transformative work that you are doing by your grace. Amen. Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about being derailed for the things of God. Now, normally, when we think about being derailed, it's a negative. We rightly want our trains to stay on the tracks, our cars in their lanes on the freeway. The rails provide comfort and safety and security. I get it. But I want us to be open to the possibility that we may, in fact, be stuck on a set of tracks that actually are keeping us from living the way God intends us to live. God is looking for people who are willing to be derailed for the things of God, to live a life that joins God in the transformation of the world. Well, Moses is going to get derailed, and I hope that you and I do as well. Here is the first part of the story that we're looking at today, coming to us from Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 and 25. It reads like this. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under the weight of slavery and cried out, And those cries for help rose up to God. And in one of the great truths of the Bible, it says this, God heard their groaning, God saw their suffering, and God remembered God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, God heard the cries of the enslaved Israelites in Egypt, and God hears the cries of the oppressed today. God saw the suffering Israelites, and God sees the injustices all around us today. God remembered God's people suffering under the tyrannical rule of a foreign empire. God remembers the oppressed today. God knew the every need of the ancient Israelites and knows our every need today. And finally, God decided to come down to rescue them from slavery. And today God has already come down in Jesus in order to rescue the world and reconcile everything to God's self. So oppressors beware! God is not on your side. God is, biblically speaking, on the side of the oppressed. And God chose Moses as the great liberator. Well, exodus means exit or departure. And it is this epic story of the people of God moving from slavery to freedom. Well, after many peaceful and prosperous years in Egypt, everything changed. Joseph died and a new Pharaoh came to power whom the scriptures say did not know Joseph. He did not remember him. You see the contrast already between a God who sees, hears, and remembers and a Pharaoh who does not. This new pharaoh felt no sense of obligation to Joseph or the foreigners living in their land. And so first the Egyptians feared the growing numbers of Israelites. Then they began to resent them. Then in fear and resentment they enslaved them. And finally enslavement turned to selective genocide. This was the situation that baby Moses was born into. This little baby set adrift by his courageous mother, who in an act of irony and by the grace of God landed in the arms of Pharaoh's daughter. This little baby would become the direct challenge to the most powerful man in the world. But first, God would need to get this deliverer's attention in order to derail him. So here we go. Exodus 3, 1 through 15. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. He said further I am the God of your father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed I know their sufferings. I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have Seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Well, that just about clears it up, right? Well, God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this my title for all generations. Friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I have preached on the mysterious name of God before and today we are going to focus on a particular part of this passage that i have not focused on before when i've taught it but something that has jumped out to me in this week in studying this again moses we might remember more of his story had been an eyewitness to an egyptian taskmaster beating a hebrew slave nearly to death it was an emotional experience for him He was a Hebrew, but was raised by Pharaoh's daughter in Pharaoh's courts. He witnessed the horrors of the enslavement of his own people. Rage welled up from within him. He killed the Egyptian taskmaster, was forced to flee the wrath of Pharaoh whom he had been serving. Pharaoh did not want Moses dead or alive. He just wanted him dead. God used decades to prepare Moses for this moment. Either Moses was a slow learner or what God would require of him would be very difficult. While tending his flock, Moses caught sight of the impossible, a bush that was on fire and yet not being consumed by the flames. And here we have the key to Moses's derailment. Look at Moses's response. He said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight." It's Moses's willingness to turn aside from his father-in-law's flock and leave them behind. He's turning aside from his job. It's his curiosity, his openness to God that prompted God to speak to him. There's a theologian, her name is Ellen F. Davis. She said the most brilliant thing that I read about this passage of scripture. She writes that God is drawn to Moses because of his capacity to be derailed for the sake of the things of God. That is brilliant. Moses had the capacity for derailment. I think that there is something really important here. It reminded me of Pastor Jennifer and the way that she is always in tune with this idea. And anyone who's ever been to anything that she has led, knows that when she leads meditations or yoga or times of prayer, she always takes the time to get us prepared. She helps us get into postures of openness and humility. She helps us focus on calming down by focusing on the breath. She focuses our minds and helps us to let go of distractions. She helps us to focus on our bodies and let go of tension. She helps us to open our hearts to be in a position to receive. Why does she do all of this? She's helping us turn aside from the ordinary in order to be more open to a God who speaks to us sometimes from the most unlikely of places. Maybe Pastor Jennifer is preparing us to be derailed for the sake of the things of God. And look at God. God seems to be ready and waiting to speak to the person that is curious and open. Well, this story is just the beginning of a really surprisingly intimate relationship that God has with Moses. Perhaps the most intimate relationship that a human has with God until perhaps Mary conceives and births Jesus. The relationship between Moses and God is in fact so intimate that the scriptures actually can say that God speaks to Moses, quote, face to face as one speaks to a friend. If God has a best friend, then his name is Moses. It was his willingness to be derailed that opened up the possibility for this relationship. Moses is standing in God's presence face to face. This is holy ground. It's not only a place where God is heard speaking, but a place where God has come down. All the way down, in fact, to the ground for a purpose to deliver them from the hands of their Egyptian oppressors and to bring them up to the promised land. God heard their cries of suffering. God saw the injustices of slavery. God remembered the covenant with Abraham. God knew their every need. I want to point out two things that have blown me away about this story. The first is that in words spoken from a burning bush, which is crazy to think about, we actually hear the essence of the whole gospel that we will later hear in the New Testament. God has come down to holy ground to deliver the Israelites, to bring them to the land of promise. This is an obvious parallel to the incarnation. God coming down to holy ground, becoming flesh in Jesus Christ. For an even greater act of deliverance, the new Exodus, one for the whole world. In the burning bush, we can hear the essence of the gospel, the good news. Oppressors beware because God is not detached from our world or our problems, or our suffering. This God, the creator of heaven and earth entered into unlimited engagement with the people of Israel and in Jesus, unlimited engagement with us. And then maybe we get to the very best part. Moses was derailed for the things of God, but it's it's even more fascinating what we learn about God. God is a God who gets derailed for the things, the sake of humanity. Just think about that one for a moment. God could not go on business as usual, then or today. God is not a God of the status quo. And so things must change. An oppression of God's people will not be tolerated. Both Moses and God have now jumped the tracks. Both are derailed and neither God nor Moses will ever get back on the tracks again. God needed a partner, a deliverer, and Moses is now that man. Moses will return to Pharaoh's court, but not as the prodigal come home. He is going to return as the opposition who would expose Pharaoh's self-idolatry and the injustices of slavery that he perpetrated against the Israelites. Moses would again lead a flock through the wilderness, but he was done leading sheep. Injustice is everywhere today, including in our own land. God made you and me with the capacity to be derailed for the sake of the things of God. This can only happen when we are willing, like Moses, to turn aside from the ordinary and to look for God, who may very well be trying to get our attention through some kind of burning bush that may very well be right in front of us. Moses was derailed for a purpose For mission. That mission was to join the God of the universe in the transforming work of leading a people to freedom. God is certainly looking for more partners to bring deliverance and healing to an oftentimes very violent and unjust world today. Being derailed for the sake of the things of God can certainly be unsettling. It was to Moses. You heard him complain and question, even try to get out of it. This is why I love the Bible. (laughs) All of our heroes, like Moses, I can relate to this. How many times have I been derailed and then done the exact same thing? try to get out of it, question it, find someone else, complain, do anything I can because it is unsettling. But the other side is equally true. God calls us to a life of meaning and purpose that goes beyond the status quo, that says that business as usual is not the abundant life that God offers. God calls us to join in works of transformation. And the church is an institution that does not exist for itself and its members. It exists for the purpose of serving not our purposes or preferences, but God's purposes in the world. And so the question is will we turn aside in order to take a closer look? at what God is up to in our midst. Are we willing to be derailed for the sake of the things of God? Are we willing to join God as partners of transformation? This is why Light Shine exists, for God's purposes, not our preferences. I have no doubt that God is calling us to this work right here in the Keneo Valley and beyond for those of us that are further away that does not matter. And my prayer is that we all would be willing, like Moses, to jump the tracks.